This episode of the Press Row Podcast is brought to you by Out of the Park Developments, makers of Out of the Park Baseball 20 and Franchise Hockey Manager 5. Out of the Park Baseball is the multi-time PC Game of the Year award winner for Metacritic. Franchise Hockey Manager 5 is the only NHL-licensed PC game that can be had on the market. Both of them are available on Steam or directly from us at OOTP Developments. Check out the award-winning strategy sports games from Out of the Park Developments, Out of the Park Baseball 20, and Franchise Hockey Manager 5. Thank you, as always, for supporting the Press Row Podcast. Thank you for supporting Indie Sports Game Development. And thank you for listening to the show. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Rich Grisham here. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Press Row Podcast. We really appreciate it. We've gotten a bunch of great feedback on our recent shows. Uh, we, we are just so thankful that so many of you still continue to enjoy the press row podcast uh, you know as we have gone through various iterations over the years one thing has never changed we always love talking about sports video games whether it's every week or every other week or every three weeks or whatever it is the press row podcast it's just you know it's our home and it's what we what we love to do and what we've been doing every year for i don't know five six seven years now uh, when madden launches we talk to the guys who made the game uh, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it is published then it is friday august 2nd which is also known as madden's nfl 20 launch day officially now a bunch of us have been playing it through ea access and things like that and some pre-orders but now friday august 2nd is the day that anyone around the country and the world can go get madden nfl 20 and so to continue the tradition, uh, we're going to talk to a few of the guys who made the game. In fact, this week, we've got Mike Young, who's been on the show a whole bunch of times. And we've got Clint Oldenburg, who has been on the show in the past, but never sort of in an in-depth interview like this. So we got we got Mike, who's the creative director of Madden NFL. And we got Clint Oldenburg, who's the uh, senior gameplay designer. And we get into all the stuff that uh, we possibly can in the, in the time that we had. Uh, I thank Mike and Clint a lot for giving us the time. Those guys are in super hyper mega drive mode right now. So them taking the time to talk to us is great. Uh, the audio quality in a few spots isn't the best. Unfortunately, when you got, you know, multiple people in multiple places around the world, literally in this case, as uh, Clint was in Vancouver and Mike was in Orlando and I was in the Philadelphia suburbs, um, you know, but it's amazing that technology lets you do it. You know, you got a little bit of feedback here and there. Nothing too terrible, but it's not it's not the optimal audio quality that we normally strive for here. But hey, it's still a lot of fun. We got Mike, we got Clint, and uh, talking all about EA's uh, brand new Madden NFL 20. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Mike and Clint, for coming on, and enjoy the show. Well, hey, everybody. Rich Christian here. I am so excited because we have got two fantastic people joining us today. A lot of people have been asking me about this show, and I'm just I'm excited. We have two of the main guys behind Madden NFL 20 joining us, Mike Young and Clint Oldenburg. Mike, first of all, you've been on the show many times, including my all-time favorite episode where I had you – and Adrian, don't call me Todd Zaniga, talking about all sorts of craziness from the past. But first of all, Mike, welcome back to the Press Room Podcast. Thanks, Rich. Uh, I can't believe I'm uh, on your favorite all-time version. It's great. It's true. So, Mike, you we've we've had you on the show. I don't know half a dozen times or so. What's your official title and role today with with the Madden franchise? Uh, for Madden Twenty, um, the creative director of Madden. 
Cool. And and Clint, I believe that you have been on perhaps in one of our end of the year roundtables where we pick our favorite games, but I'm not entirely sure, but I think you have. But Clint, first of all, welcome yeah. to the show. And second of all, what's your official title with the Madden franchise? Yeah, uh, my official title for Madden 20 is Senior Gameplay Designer. And uh, you're right, the only time I was on the show was the favorite game one, and I'm thrilled to be back. Well, I'm just glad that you guys are here. I have about 17,000 questions to ask you. I won't ask you all 17,000, but we'll, we'll start We'll start really at, at the beginning. Mike, before I ask you a question, I just got to come out and say it. Congratulations on your first Stanley Cup championship with your St. Louis Blues. I know that meant a lot to you. Uh, it meant so much. Uh, it's been a huge distraction probably for the last couple of months, but uh, I got to enjoy it with uh, my son this year, and we went to game four and game seven. And uh, every day I'm wearing a Blues hat or a Blues Stanley Cup T-shirt, so it's going to last for a long time. I mean, when I was uh, just a, a kid, or at least it seems like I was just a kid, the New Jersey Devils won their first Stanley Cup championship. I'm still giddy over it. So that's it, it's just going to last forever. And you think you're going to enjoy that? I only needed one. Yeah. Um, we waited 15 years, so this is it. I'm, I'm good. It's, it's similar to my Eagles in the Super Bowl. I needed one. I got the one, and now the fandom is completely validated for the rest of my life. It's awesome. All right, so Mike. First question, what in your mind is the theme of Madden NFL 20, right? If you could sort of break down from your perspective as a creative director, what was the theme or main themes that drove what Madden 20 ultimately became? Yeah, this is a super fun year for me because I'd been in the story mode line for a few years, and then I got to come back and work with Clint and his team and from early on, we, we worked together and we came up with this uh, phrase, stars feel like stars. And we would talk about the old school feelings, how, how dominant Michael Vick used to be. And I was playing a lot of ultimate team. And I was seeing that really the whole game was diverging into like one or two valid strategies. You know, everybody used Michael Vick last year in ultimate team. Uh, we talked about players like Tom Brady never really having their true value in the game. And so we we really thought, how do we make the star players represent themselves? Uh, we didn't want to go over after something arcadey, but we weren't getting there with just ratings. And um, we would have those discussions over and over again, and the team really just embraced uh, the stars feeling like stars was um, across the board. And I think superstars in general you know we brought that into the face of the franchise mode as well which is how do you feel like the star how do you feel like a superstar and Patrick Mahomes is the perfect cover athlete because he kind of embodied uh, that really exciting player that even if he's not on your team you had to watch his games and uh, that Rams Chiefs game last year I think uh, was must watch television there were so many dominant stars on both sides of the ball um, so it was important to us, too, that it wasn't just offensive stars and quarterbacks, but it had to be the Aaron Donalds. And, um, yeah. So, Clint, if I'm the gameplay director and I have this creative director come to me and say, all right, 
here's the deal. You got to completely change underneath the covers so that superstars are superstars, but yet they're not completely overpowered to ruin the game. I got to believe that the first time you hear that, you think to yourself, whoa, this this could be something. So how did you approach that process of making these stars shine without, you know, for lack of a better term, just breaking the whole game? So actually, it's kind of a funny story. It, it was a little bit of the other way around. Um, it was initially me pitching to Mike how important it was to let Madden be a star-driven game, just like the NFL. We were trying to fast follow the NFL based on what had been going on and some data that we got from our players who said that they didn't have the emotional connection with their favorite players that they wanted. So that's really where it started was me telling Mike, this is what we want to do. And I give Mike a lot of credit. I really liked working with him this year because he trusted us to bring these ideas to him and then execute on them where he, he came in. He was the one who actually said, you'll find this a little funny. He said, I want you to build the abilities in a way that will break the game reach for the stars with these superstar abilities, and then we'll draw it back to balance it once we get them built. So that's what we did. So I've been in the video game development business now for about four years, and I'm consistently amazed at how difficult sometimes even the simplest things can be. Madden is built on... Uh, you know, It's not like this is the second or third version of this game. The game's been around a long time. So I got to believe that there was various incarnations of this until you arrived at sort of what felt like the right balance. What was that process like? And, and at what point did, I mean, was there an aha moment where you, where you said, yes, we got it? Or is it even still being iterated on? Because after all, this is a live services game. I guess, Clint, I'll, I'll start with you with that question. But obviously, Mike uh, probably has some thoughts, too. Yeah, to answer your, your last question there, it's, it's most definitely still being iterated on. Uh, we want to continue to update these and balance them and add new abilities throughout the whole year uh, just to drive conversation and keep our game fresh. Uh, so that was, really, that was a really important part of the design. In terms of kind of how it all came together, uh, the first couple iterations were tough. We had designs early on that did not really work well with franchise or ultimate team. And it was really important that no matter what we build, it had to be built, that it could be tailored for every mode to use it, however, in whatever unique way that they wanted to. So the first few were really good iterations for play now and online head to head, but they didn't really fit the others. So we kept iterating and iterating. And then we finally landed on an abilities progression system known as superstar X factors. The name came along uh, quite a bit thereafter. Uh, but really, it started as a discussion around traits, and the discussion was, well, we had weapons in Madden a couple of years ago, and that wasn't great. Uh, we don't want to do that again. And what, what eventually landed on that everyone felt really good about is we want to do something different in that space that is very binary. We want our players to know exactly what these things are doing, uh, when, when these things are happening in game, and, and what impact they're having on the game. And that was when we felt like we had something to build on. Mike, any any sort of additional commentary on that section? Yeah, I mean, a couple things for me coming into the space was I was playing a lot of ultimate teams for the first time. And so I think abilities sort of had some of these concepts started and 
fans love some of those things. And so we were looking at those too. And, um, but I think ultimately we just kept striving for balance. You know, I think balance was a really cool thing. I remember when we first saw like Aaron Rodgers, it was about the emotion of just seeing him grow on the run and look like he did. I think that's when a lot of people internally were like, Oh, this is way beyond like when Madden 12 was great, or we had Madden 08 weapons. Um, the player started to move and feel different. Um, but the big path was definitely, well, how do you balance it? So you don't, you wanted 50 Michael Vicks, but you wanted to be able to counter them um, with strategy and authenticity. And I think that was the longest part of the path was working with the competitive gamers and our game changers and having them come in and play them and not just hear about them. But uh, I think we learned a lot from listening to them about what would ruin it for them and what would make them feel really good about it. Um, yeah. So I'm currently playing Madden 20 on EA access. So I got my 10 hours. So I like, I, I you know, I maximize my time and, and what I've been spending most of my time playing in, has been not all but most is has been in franchise mode and i've been playing on offense only and i'm playing of course as my eagles and i got one guy who's uh you know potential x factor on my offense and that's zach Ertz. and when i get him going he's definitely he's definitely a guy that that can help make a difference but when i played the bears khalil mack just destroyed me and i had to think on every single play i had to account for him somehow and i'm not the guy who's going to make 14 pre-snap adjustments and slide blocking. Like I pick my play. I might audible left or right. I might do a, you know, a receiver audible, but I, I don't get down way down into, into tons of that. I tell you, Khalil Mack, that superstar, he just absolutely lit up my good offensive line. And I had to, like I said, account for him every, every single time. It's really, I've noticed the impact of defensive superstars really acutely. And, Again, I you know I think back to to last year when Khalil Mack was first signed by the Bears and he had that huge Monday night game and he did alter the game himself. That clearly was what you guys were going for. And again, has the feedback that you've gotten with Madden being out in the wild through the you know, early access has that matched what you were hoping for? Has it been a little more than you're expecting? Like I'm curious what what the feedback has been from other people as they're starting to get their hands on Madden right now. And again, Clint, I'll start with you as the gameplay guy. Yeah, I'll start there. That's that's a great point. Um, the feedback so far has been far more positive than even we had hoped, uh, because everything that we had set our goals on with this feature seemed to have landed well with our players. And just like you just explained, the fact that you have to account for these pass rushers now, that makes each game feel unique and more of a strategy play. Yes. And the first time I felt that with the pass rushers, was when I said, I think we might be onto something because I was, I'm just like you guys, I play franchise. I would find the plays that I like in my playbook and I would run, you know, eight, nine plays that worked every game. And I, you know, it wouldn't really be challenging. Uh, so I could just, you know, go through blindlessly and win all 16 games in my franchise. The first time that we had Khalil Mack built and I played against the bears, I was finding myself looking for run plays away from him or making sure I had my tight end blocking to his side that's when I knew like this is actually going to change the way people have to play each game and make each game unique. And that's the feedback that we're getting from our players. Now uh, that one was one of the more polarizing ones. I will say initially that shock value of having the pass rushers be that powerful 
the players who played it in the beta were very quickly turned off by that at the start. And then as they start playing and figuring out ways that they could counter them and all the tools that are there to take advantage of other things on the field to stay away from those players, then they got it too, the same way I got it. And now people seem to love it. So, Mike, shifting gears a little bit, you're, you know, yep. as we've spoken about on the show multiple, multiple times, long shot, right? Two years ago, long shot was introduced to a story mode. What I, I loved it. I'm on record as saying I loved it. Um, got a huge kick out of uh, out of it. It it continued last year with a a variation of it and or an extension of it. And then this year's face of the franchise. We'll we'll talk about that sort of iteration. But like, what as you've been you know planning these out and executing these, was this always sort of the plan to sort of moderate and and extend and change like face of the franchise is very different than the original long shot even though they share some commonalities I'm, I'm just curious was this sort of the plan all along to have modifications and variations or is this a result of the original long shot and the reception I'm, I'm just curious sort of the, how that process has flowed as you as you keep introducing these variations on on a theme of individual player driven modes yeah I'd say it's more this year's face of the franchise is more of a reaction to the first year of long shot. Um, I think a lot of people loved, loved it. Mostly reviewers. Um, people appreciated how ambitious it was, uh, that it told a real story. Um, the big production quality of it. Um, but it ultimately didn't, I think connect to a lot of our core fans because they were looking for a deeper experience and a more personal experience. Um, and so I think it resonated mostly with people who aren't necessarily our core fans uh, and some in a very deep way. You know, I've never had, I've had, I had some press members actually in tears telling me how they connected to the story. And so that was really meaningful to me, but trying to evaluate why certain people loved it so much and others like absolutely hated it. It really seemed to come down to mostly I want to live the life of an NFL superstar and I want it to be me. And I want the, my choices to not be on rails. And I want to feel like, you know, I have the freedom to write my own story. And uh, I'd say we started talking about that for Madden 19 and just the technology change or the ability to really get there um, in time in a meaningful way wasn't possible. And so I think long shot too um felt more like a christmas special you know like a, a little romp with the team again you know like what was let's see the old gang again and uh it was sort of a pivot to where we want to go which is uh, more of a rpg career mode about yourself um and so i'm finding that people are liking this one i think they really enjoy kind of creating their own backstory about how they got to the nfl I think they enjoy you know, creating themselves and making choices. And, um, I think that's the biggest difference. We did learn some things that were really good about Longshot, though, for most of the audience, like the way we present dialogue choices that really get meaning and the time pressure. And so we took some of the learning, some of the tools, some of our capabilities around cinematography and all that. And um, I think we're just continuing to build our internal skill set and 
along with what our fans want and what our fans tell us for, I think it would be a mistake to just lock in. No matter what they're saying, we're going to do a long shot three sequel. Um, Mm. So I think that's how we got to where we are today. Two things that I really have enjoyed about Face of the Franchise. Number one, um, Brian Weed, I, Pasta Padre, and I, as we spoke about last week on the show, had very different early experiences. For example, Brian is good at football games, and he wound up winning the BCS, or not the BCS, give me a break. He wound up winning the college football championship and had a great combine and wound up being a very high first-round pick. I uh, lost the championship game, had a very ordinary combine, and instead of being called on stage and handed a a jersey by the commissioner, I was hanging out in a seedy hotel with a scumbag agent as I watched myself, my name get drafted uh, on television in the fourth round. Very different experiences. That's one of the things I love about it. The other thing that I love about not just face of the franchise, but long shot and face of the franchise is the silliness. Madden is a very serious game. Football is a very serious sport, and yet you inject a whole bunch of silliness, and not not a whole bunch. That that makes it sound you you don't take yourself so seriously. For example, my favorite moment was when the uh, the the fellow interviewing me before the combine said. You know, your bus is going a thousand miles an hour and it's about to crash. You're in the front, the middle of the back. And, and, you know, I stammer and stumble. I say, I'm in the front. And then I'm just going. I don't even know what direction I'm going. My face is confused. And then ultimately I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? Like moments like that are cool. I know that comes from you, Mike. Like is do you have to fight against that or or do, do you feel like you've got the right mixture of seriousness and silliness? Because, you know, you can't be so serious all the time, I think. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, one thing we looked at this year about Madden in general was it felt very sort of intimidating. Um, even if you look at the front end this year, you're going to see the stars are welcoming you to Madden. Their helmets are off. They're smiling. We we talked a lot internally about we're very, we are competitive, but we're more Juju Smith than, say, um, uh, James Harrison, you know. We're, we're really great, but we're having fun doing it. And I think with the story mode, so much of it can be very dry. You're just talking about you know, signing in, like trying to do your, your creative player thing. Would you rather sit at a screen and type stuff in and cycle through options? Or would you rather have some entertainment value wrapped around it? And that's kind of the approach we took is the, we can have fun while we're kind of tackling a a realistic story um, because it is entertainment. Um, And so I think that's what we tried to do throughout. And that does scare people sometimes. You definitely have to um, defend your script or defend the performances sometimes because some people are a little nervous about an agent that seems like he's not a good agent. Um, But I think it's sometimes more entertaining and makes it more enjoyable than the the dry, realistic version of that scene. Um, so yeah, I think that is a thread between Longshot and this one is a tone and sense of humor and just uh, trying to have a little more fun with these moments. 
And the other thing is, again, the, the different, the varying experiences. I mean, it's not like this isn't a common trait in video games, right? Like I've, right now I'm playing Detroit 2 Human, which has wildly different outcomes based upon the choices that you make. That's obviously not happening in face of the franchise, but it is to some degree. Like you could be a number one draft pick. You can get picked in, in the fourth round, and you could probably not even get picked. So you have a lot of different things going on. How complex or difficult is it to sort of scope that out properly to where you can deliver something that's manageable but also can provide you know experience that somebody can go through two or three times and really get something out of it that second and that third time well i think because it's a game it's so important to make you feel like your choices and how you play it ultimately matter and i think even when people were playing Black Mirror on Netflix, uh, Bandersnatch, you'd see Reddit threads and people on the boards almost competing. Like, did you guys get the good ending? What is the good ending? And because they gamified a Black Mirror episode, I think you do want to know that what you're doing matters. And it's not just, I'm going to play their story and then the games really don't matter. And sometimes it's actually feels counter to the story that they keep telling me I'm playing. Um, so it's very difficult. I mean, you often double your cost. Um, it's complicated to do on sets. Um, there's a lot more coding around it. Like just knowing you could get drafted by, you know, many different teams at different positions. There's logic, you know, it, it's costly to do, but it's uber important. And I mean, look at long shot too. Uh, because of scoping, we had to cut most of the agency, you know, and it became a different type of game. It was more of a try-fail um, until you pass, and then you get the next story segment. Um, and that's just not as satisfying. So it's worth it, but it is very difficult. Clint, as you're putting together Madden NFL 20, and, and was this your first year as the lead gameplay guy? Yeah, yep. Okay, so as you're putting together your plans for gameplay, which is, you know, you can have all the modes you want in the world. Gameplay matters more than anything else. So as you're putting it together, I mean, this is year, I don't know, six, seven on this console generation. You know, you've got yep. you've got a couple of decades worth of, you know, games to look back on and what worked and what didn't work and what was our best version of this and our best version of that. Plus... You've also moved into the world of, yeah, there's launch day, but then you're doing patches and you're doing gameplay adjustments and tuner tweaks all through the whole year. So how do you sort of, how do you set what your priorities are versus what you're going to make an adjustment during the season to? And how do you, what's the process of focusing on what the most important aspects of gameplay are from a delivering Madden 20 perspective versus something that you may have made an adjustment in Madden 19 or something that you know you want to sort of put in your back pocket for perhaps the next generation launch when you'll have more resources available to you, things like that. What's your process for prioritizing gameplay and how and when it's going to make it into either day one or, or some other down-the-line sort of uh, scenario? Yeah, this year what we tried to do is really focus in on what we thought was most important. Um, not, not as a downgrade to anyone in the past, but oftentimes we would 
we would commit to too much. Uh, so this year we wanted to commit to less, but do those things, those fewer things really well. So we got the information, like I said, from data and play tests. We also take feedback from our players and look at what's going on in the NFL. So we really focused our efforts in three primary areas for Madden 20. Number one, we already covered stars feel like stars. That was our top creative razor that drove everything below it. Anything, anything else we wanted to build needed to align with that. So that was most important. Secondly, uh, our players had told us very clearly that they wanted more variety in the playbooks because they wanted more strategy and more creativity uh, in terms of, of how they call their plays and what plays are available to call in each playbook. Um, so that was our goal number two, and that's where our POs came from. Uh, as part of that, we also made each team playbook have a unique identity. Um, so, you know, we're getting pretty good reviews on that front. And then number three, which was as equally as important to the first two, was a very clear focus on quality and polish. Um, I don't think it's a secret that Madden 20 had a few more bugs in it than we were comfortable with or really anyone was comfortable with. And we didn't want to go through that again because what that does is it pulls resources off of the next year to continue to go back and make title updates for that year to fix bugs. So, you know, that sets us behind. So what we did is instituted a policy that after every couple of weeks of production, we would have a mini alpha and go in and polish the game up. And what we were able to do is actually fix in the hundreds um, of volume of legacy bugs that we had never gotten the opportunity to get around to. Uh, so that made for a cleaner Madden. Now, that doesn't mean that we're bug-free. We are still going to have some things that we need to clean up. But the game is in a much better state at launch, so we should be able to focus much more on what's important post-launch. And really what's important at that point is the post-launch content that we want to put out. I already talked about abilities and changing the X-Factors list. That's going to be a big part of it. But also balancing. We, we get a lot of feedback and a lot of data from our players, and that's what drives us uh, in terms of title updates. So, Clint, staying on on that for a minute. So, one of my favorite things about major sports today is that they are wildly changing, right? The NBA is now all about, you know, threes and stretch, you know, fives. Uh, baseball is all about strikeouts, home runs, the three true outcomes. And this is, by the way, this is over the course of two or three years, not a decade. Matt or the NFL has become a bombs away you know, passing league, you know, you don't have a workhorse back. You got three backs and they all got to be able to catch the ball and they all got to be, you know, they, just the sports are changing so dramatically. It's really difficult to keep the video game sports properly mirroring the real world sports these days because an NFL game now looks a lot different than it did just five years ago, much less 10 years ago, just like a major league baseball game does, just like in the NHL, nobody fights anymore. For example, fights are down like 84% or something crazy. So you have to take those things into consideration. How do you sort of properly address, okay, you know what? There's a lot more passing yards. Like, is it, and I know it's not this way, is it a simple matter of saying, all right, let's just make, you know, the pass catching ratings go up five and we're there? Or is it more subtle and fundamental to try to make sure that your game matches what's happening on the field in 2019? not 2014, for example. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit more surgical. Going back to the RPOs, I think that's the best example of that. I mean, RPOs have taken the football world by storm, not only in the NFL, but college and even high school. You can't watch an NFL broadcast right now without hearing the word RPO like 100 times. Um, so that was one of the focuses 
for us to make sure that we were up to date with the NFL was getting that concept in our game and working in a matter that it should. Uh, but in terms of like things of it being a passing league, I mean, the, the slight difference between video games and real life is the passing in the NFL is completely unbalanced. I mean, the, the way that the, the rules are uh, really lean into having high scoring games and they don't help the defense a lot. Unfortunately for us, or fortunately, depending on how you look, look at it, we need to be more balanced. We need to make sure there's counters in place. So while we do want to make sure that we become a little bit more of a passing game, just like the NFL, we need to make sure that the defense has the tools necessary to counter that. Uh, so there's a little, a little bit of a divergence there from real world, but we want to definitely make sure we're always at least up to date on the concepts. And Mike, you know, again, as creative director, you you watch the NFL landscape consistently changing. You watch, you know, certain certain values of certain types of players and certain organizations change, right? The running game is a great example. You don't have Ladanian Tomlinson scoring 35 touchdowns anymore, right? That that's not a game that exists anymore. How you know, how much from your perspective as a creative director goes into making sure that, again, what, what happens on the field, while maybe not explicitly being represented in Madden, you do properly, you know, it's it's Madden 20, right? It's not, not Madden, it's Madden NFL 20. It's representing the NFL in 2019-20. Is that a big part of what you're thinking about as you're continuing to evolve the franchise? Or is it really... It's it's not not so much, and and it's more about just the gameplay, the gameplay, and, and not trying to sort of chase what's happening in the real world. Um, I, I believe we our fans deserve the modern reflection of the game. Um, so I think as a creative director, I try to be up on it as much as I can myself. Visit teams, go to training camps, watch as many games, but. We have an amazing team here that thinks, lives, and breathes this stuff. But um, authenticity is, I think, always going to be a huge part of Madden. Um, and I think it's important to support it. I'm often not the person maybe lobbying it, but say Dustin Smith is talking about a certain piece of equipment that he's seeing on tons of players because he's thinking in that world every single time he watches a game, he's noticing the gear. Um, well, he might come to me and say, I'm, I'm struggling to get the art budget for that. Uh, can you help support that? And I think that's, that is a big part of my role is balancing, um, across, you know, what our fans desires are. We want to make a fun, entertaining game, but we also, our fans are coming there because they love the NFL. They love their team. They love, they want to represent it accurately. So it's just trying to balance it, but you know, it's not on just me to like pay attention to all the details and lobby for them. It's, it's supporting the team members and listening to the fans and, but yeah, being up to date is huge. Clint, you're an offensive lineman. You, you played in the league. You're you, I believe when I first met you, um, uh, it was during the cover shoot in times square, uh, when, uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, was on the cover, and Russell Wilson was throwing throwing balls to him. And I remember I, asked, I I I talked to you about blocking, and you said, "Oh, block! I can't wait to get into blocking." I think you were a relatively new member of the team. Blocking is, I think, the most important part of Madden. Uh, my favorite thing to happen is when I hand the ball off and I follow my blocks properly, and I'm able to navigate through the hole and pop through and get six or seven yards. I feel like I'm smart. I feel like I know what I'm doing. 
and and you you know it right like sometimes there's a guy there's a defender six yards in front of you and there's a guy who could block him and that guy goes the other way i think blocking is significantly better in madden but you're sort of i think originally the blocking expert where is blocking how satisfied are you with it now and and what are some of the things that you've done to to improve it because i know that was a big focus and probably still is a big focus of yours yeah, we work on that area of the game every year. Um, we have made strides in that area. I give a lot of credit to the team, um, and it's gotten better again this year, as you say. Those lead blocking things, that, man, every time I see them, anytime someone tweets me and shows me a fullback who doesn't block the right guy, it really hurts, man. It really does. Uh, but some of those areas of the game are just so finicky to deal with because there's so many possible iterations that can come up, different alignments that the, the user can make on defense, it's hard to account for all of them, but uh, we are getting better at that. Um, in terms of what I've done, I mean, that year you talked to me, that was my first my first year on Madden, um, and that we, that's the year that we redid the, the pass-blocking targeting system, which is, I still think, my, my highest achievement at Madden so far because we're still using that system, and it's been able to adapt to a lot of things that we have to, to do with it each year. Um, we are always working on lead blocking. We're always look, working on the animation fidelity. Um, trying to add mechanics in there, I think is where we want to go one day. I can't say when, but I think it might be fun if you can play as an offensive lineman in, on occasion, or maybe go through a couple couple games as a you know left tackle, and you have to protect the quarterback. Um, things like that are, are things I'd like to at least explore. Uh, but blocking is and, and will remain important because we got to stay ahead of the players who like to create those nano blitzes. You know about those. I've heard about them. I still don't know exactly what they are, but I've certainly heard about them. And yeah, <laughs> that's that's a whole whole other area. So Clint, last last question for you. What's your favorite thing, whether it's a big thing or a little thing? Like just what's one one little thing that, that got put into Madden NFL twenty this year? You're like, yes, finally, we got this thing in there and this makes my experience and this is gonna make a whole lot of people's experience a little better or a lot better. Whether again, a big thing or a little thing. Uh, I, that's actually an easy one for me because it's been one that I've been campaigning for for a number of years. I was really excited that we were able to deliver the quarterback signature animations this year. And I, I know that that is a little weird coming from alignment, but every time I play other sports games, whether it be NBA, MLB, whatever, and I see an animation that I know is tied to that player that I've seen him do in real life, that gets me excited. We had some thinking initially this year, well, no one's really going to know if that's the quarterback animation because they look so similar. So what I did was I took the time to break down, you know, the top 10 quarterbacks in slow-mo video and call out all the different nuances so that we could capture the animations and really see if that were the case. And then when we got them into the game, the level of detail that it brings and the connection that you have to say Aaron Rodgers, he's my favorite quarterback, when I first saw his signature throwing animation, uh, signature throwing animation in the game, I said, "We nailed Aaron Rodgers." I mean, that is Aaron Rodgers, and I was excited. Um, so I hope that our players are as excited about that as I am. I was super stoked to, to get after that. So, Mike, this is the last year that there will only be a Madden on one, you know, major console generation. Next year. Is you're gonna? It's almost like Back to the Future, right? Like I remember when I was talking about this when we were moving from PS3 to PS4, you know, 360 to Xbox One. Next year is going to be the launch of the new consoles. 
Um, Madden and FIFA are always there on the new consoles. So, you know, hey, hey, look, if you want to just go ahead and tell us everything that you're doing for the next-gen console, that'd be great. But assuming you can't do that, you know, in terms that you are allowed to discuss, what does the next generation of console present to you opportunistically as you continue to to grow Madden and try to bring in more players and make it, you know, an experience that can be enjoyed by a whole bunch of different people, whether they're online people, whether they're ultimate team people, whether they're people like me who are scared to ever go online and just play offline. Like, what are some of the things that the next generation console might give you the opportunity to do? Um, I'm not going to get that super softball question that Clint got. Like, what's my favorite part? No, of the no, new no. Game? <laughs> no, I got to be, still be nice to Clint. I've had you on enough. I can, I can throw the hard ones your way. Yeah. So I think when we get there, there's, a, there's exciting details about the next gen consoles out there. Um, I think one of my favorite things I've heard about that I think is a game changer, um, that we're really going to have to design around is, you know, the reduction of load times. Um, when we made long shot, we did a lot of technical work to mask load times. So you're constantly engaged in the story, constantly immersed in the story. And when I think of the whole Madden product feeling like that, um, there's some really cool features that I can't tell you about yet that would take advantage of a, uh, an ability like that, that would, I think, allow us to do some things maybe for a franchise gamer that they've never had before that they've wanted for many, many years, but it's going to be exciting for the team to dig in. But I I still think there's so much more we can do that is basically doesn't need new technology. And I think um, I felt like this year is a really strong uh, foundational year in a lot of ways for what we could build on with like story. And I think X factors, ultimately made every part of the game better like when you mentioned the franchise experience that was our dream with it every game in franchise feels different whether you're online or offline you feel like you're playing the patriots you feel like you're playing the bears because the stars have to be stopped and um so that was my way of getting back to my favorite thing which is i just believe x factors was a really great change for gameplay and that the stars feel impactful and it added a great layer of strategy. Um, but hopefully soon we'll be able to start talking about new consoles and awesome ways we took advantage of new tech, but just don't think we're there yet. Of course. Love it. Mike Young, creative director, Clint Oldenburg, senior gameplay designer. Thank you, gentlemen, both. Congratulations on the launch of Madden NFL 20. I'm playing it. I'm having a blast. And I hope that it is successful for you. And I hope you guys continue to just uh, to, to just keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Red. Thank you. I really appreciate it.